Welcome to the Jasmine Star Show. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're wearing a hat, please hold it. Hold on to your socks. We are about to bring the fire because the woman who is so generously sitting at this table, curated and co-hosted by the ever-amazing Lori Harder, if you are just watching as a new episode or tuning in on audio, Lori helped aggregate the most incredible, brilliant, amazing entrepreneurs and humans on the planet. Shalene Johnson is no exception. Shalene, welcome to the Jasmine Star Show. Thank you. Hey. Was fun. I didn't know it was aggregated. <laughs> <laughs> we aggregated this together. And this I didn't know that your hair was going to be so on point. I mean, it's, it's, called like, the, it's called the wolf cut. I learned I did it myself after watching a TikTok. Wow. <laughs> I, I was going to say I need to I'm find a person. So I don't think you're going to give me the wolf cut. I, Maybe I will. I love cutting hair. Okay, I'll be careful what I say because I'll, sure. I'll be ready for it soon. And I always say, you can always buy more. <laughs> this is true. This is true. 100% true. Okay, like I said, hold on to your hats if you're wearing them. Um, I want to start off with this. I was reading your story on your website uh-huh. and I wanted to read it if that's okay. You said in fourth grade, my dad, I told my dad I wanted a pair of roller skates. He responded, fun. Let's sit down and figure out how much they cost and how you could find ways to earn money. The message was that when we wanted something, we should create a plan, follow through and make it a reality. So number one, did you get the roller skates? I did. Uh, two, uh, I really want I really want to tap there because yeah. that was a principle that is clearly manifested itself in your life. So let's go back to the roller skates. Like yeah. describe them. Let's go back to that yeah. version of Shaleen. Yeah. I was really for. I always say I had parent privilege mm. um, in that they they didn't have money, but they had incredibly powerful, strong money mindsets. Especially my dad. You know, he grew up in Detroit, and everyone in his family worked in the factory, and he was the first entrepreneur. And so, even though he, he was figuring out how to be an entrepreneur, and made a lot of mistakes, had a lot of bankruptcies, there was always this: we can make more. We can make more. Like if you want something, even as a kid. Anything we wanted, I never heard things like uh, money grows on trees or we can't afford that or or we're in bankruptcy. I would just hear, well, let's figure out a way. Okay. And that's kind of been my mantra. So that was the earliest I remember thinking how proud I was that I found a way to make the money to buy those skates and that I found a way to pay my way through college. And it became, to me, money is energy. You know, and so it's like, oh, I'll find a way to get more. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So we're both Midwest Michigan girls. Yeah. And, you know, even though that idea was there and that's such an incredible thing to have your parents like share with you and instill yeah. that belief. I feel like especially for what you've done in your lifetime, what was a belief that you had to break that was really, yeah. really deep growing up? Love this. Uh, it's <laughs> super deep. Also very related. Uh, I had to break the belief that... I am valuable because I make money for people and I can make money. Yeah, that was my value. So when my, I was probably like in sixth grade, so this is just a few years later, my parents had a catastrophe in their business happen and they had all of their assets set on fire, they believed by a competitor. And they had no insurance, no business insurance at the time. And so I recall my dad Again, a great learning lesson. He's going to teach me about money. And he said, um, you know, he sat me down in his office and he handed me a blue bank books with my, apparently I had a statement of how much money I had in my bank. And he said, I'm going to teach you today how your money can make you money. So we're going to be fine. Your mom and I are going to be okay. But we're going to borrow the money you have in your account. And when we pay you back, we're going to pay you back more. And this is called interest. Mm. So it was for him a financial lesson. But I'm in sixth grade, 
and it wasn't until I did therapy later that I, the message I internalized was, you're in sixth grade and you're saving the family. Mm. I don't know how much money they borrowed. It could have been $50. I have no idea. Right. I still don't know. But I internalized, this is your value. This makes you a hero. This makes you a savior. This is why you're important in this family. This is why you're important in the world. And it just kept snowballing. Like I, when I first started working with Beachbody, I remember learning that they were in a really tough spot financially, that they had they'd just laid off a huge group of people. Wait, were, where is this? Sorry. I think it was probably 2000 when I was negotiating my contract with them, like 2004, 2003. Okay. Probably 2004. And I remember getting that rush, like, I can save them. Wow. I, I can do this again, you know, and um, eventually turned into, first of all, you, you don't want anything to define your self-worth, in my opinion, other than I'm a child of God. Like, that's what matters. And secondly, it becomes very addictive because mm-hmm. if I'm not making you money, then I'm worthless. If I'm relaxing, I have no value. If I'm not doing something, if I'm not better than I'm, you know, and my value goes down if I'm not making more. Ooh. So that was, you know, I, I, had to, I had to unravel a lot of that in therapy. Okay, so <laughs> there's a lot there. Like, I mean, like, yes and amen. Um, you came in preaching. So <laughs> we hear this version mm-hmm. of you. And I will say that this is the first time that we're sitting down and having a long form conversation. Yeah. And so a lot of what I know about you is you're hilarious. Oh, I, like, that's I mean, that's and you're okay. You're can okay. I, can I brag to you for a second? Yeah. I was voted class clown in high school. <laughs> you earned those votes. I'm yes, like, you did. I love her. <laughs> so good. Okay. Um, and so you see this and like, you see things about how you are, okay, your manicure in Europe. I oh. think that I was laughing so hard. But here's the thing. You're okay not being for everybody. Oh, you're totally. okay yeah. not being for everybody. Yeah. And so you, you see this very confident, self-assured, knows who she is, yeah. n- secure in a relationship, has really great kids or what we see online. They and are. then what you come in and you, you just get right to it. It's, yeah. this is me. That is a version of me. This is a version of me. It is all of me. And so I hear this. And so I think you have this conversation in sixth grade. Mm-hmm. And then you are in 2004 negotiating this. I can do this. At what point do you start having the therapy? And I, okay, I yeah. want to go to the therapy. And then I actually want to go to an origin story because you're like, when I got involved with Beachbody, yeah. and for the one percent of people who are like, wait, where are we at? Where are yeah. we falling into? And this is the way I love, I love independent films. Okay. Like yeah. when you start at the end, oh, you, start the be- yes. you start at the end at the beginning and yeah, then like, now right. we need to piece it all together. Start at the it's, so what we're basically creating is a masterpiece. Uh, so at Sundance. Yeah. Th- there you go. Great. There you go. So get us to the therapy. Yeah. When does this happen? Uh, that happened um, when I had an implosion in my marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, I was certain my husband was having an affair. He was having these very strange behaviors, super secretive, weird with his phone, um, distant, short, all the things. I knew something was going on. And so as any good detective does, I started t- collecting receipts like, ordered the um, phone records. And I just saw these same numbers showing up over and over and over again. I'm like, is this, is this like a call line for like porn or something? Like, what is this? And I called the first one and it was uh, a gambling hotline. And I just kept doing research, doing research, you know, calmly like, hello, honey, you know, not saying anything. And um, eventually discovered that we were a half a million dollars in debt. 
and it was a result of a, a gambling addiction. So when I confronted him, the weight of the world lifted from his shoulders because the secret was out. You think I'm alive? And finally somebody could help. Somebody, like, finally I knew and the secret was over. Like, you know, it was a relief for him. And that was very painful for me. Like, his relief became my pain, you know, because right. then I had to go, I had to backtrack like 10 years and say, like, so where were you when you said this? And when we couldn't afford that, was it this? And when you said the business wasn't doing well, what was really going on? So when he went to therapy, we discovered we both had addictions. Mine was work. Oh. And, and his addiction fed into my addiction. And as a society, we make, you know, gambling, porn, uh, drugs. Like these addictions are, we all agree that they're horrible. But we boast about having a work addiction. Right. But work addictions have the same destructive qualities right. to a family, to children, to our relationships, to yeah. our health. And so I, you know, in order for us to grow from that implosion, we both had to figure out our roles, how we got there, mm -hmm. um, and, and how really even my addiction kind of led him to his, mm -hmm. you know, and, and how mine led, it, both of our addictions fed into each other. What so, year was this? Gosh, um, two, probably 2005. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Like, I feel like, oh, we, all right. So we're at the, we're at like a juncture in yeah. the story. Yeah. But let's flash forward to your first foray in business. When do you realize that you're like, I'm different? I got the je ne sais quoi. I got the X. Yeah, yeah. I can do something big here. Yeah. When is that? High school. Oh. Yeah, high school. Oh. Oh, yeah. When you were voted class clown. You're like, <laughs> Ringling Brothers, get this girl a contract. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, I, you know, I, I knew I wanted to go to college, and, I, and my dad had the same conversation, like, so let's come up with an idea. And so before I could drive, we took what money I had in my bank account, went and bought a vehicle from the state of Michigan. They used to have state auctions. They would sell off state-owned vehicles that were just trashed. I bought for, I don't know, pennies or hundreds of dollars anyways, I bought an orange El Camino that was formerly owned <laughs> by the state of Michigan. And then I paid $99 and had it painted black with a real shibe, which is a paint company. And I fixed it up cosmetically. I don't even know how to drive. And I negotiated with adults to sell this vehicle and made several hundred dollars and just kept repeating that process, flipping cars. Wow. What? Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. This is the truest Michigan story I ever yeah. heard. <laughs> so I got really good at um, knowing car value, knowing what was hot, knowing what, what month to sell okay. cars in. Detail. You're, you go to the first one with your dad. Mm -hmm. do you, how many do you go to with your dad, if any at all? I never went to another auction after that. Then I all, bought them all from private owners. I kept uh, upping them. So I went, only one at a time. So it was like okay. whatever money I made from that one, then I would buy another vehicle. And, and I was really careful and, and did a lot of research to figure out like, okay, what's the hot car? What's a great price? Where can I find it in the state? How can I negotiate for it? And, oh, and just learned all of these good. things about vehicles. So you're going and negotiating with a with this owner. Yeah. And you're 18. Oh, no, this is be way before them. I'm 15, 16, <laughs> okay. 17. Yeah. Okay. What would and they think when you would come to them? Were they just like, who are you? What know. is happening? I, but I made my kids do that, too. Yeah. My oh. kids had to buy their own cars with their own money, even though, you know, we could have done that. And they had to negotiate. I made them do that because I knew how valuable that was, mm. you know? Okay. So then how long are you flipping cars? I'm flipping cars through my freshman, sophomore year of college. I'm, I'm now doing, that's how I paid for my tuition. And uh, and 50 other businesses, too. But that was a big one. 
And now I'm I'm buying more expensive cars, right? Okay. And I'm drive driving to Detroit in the snow with a purse full of cash <laughs> to buy a vehicle in a sketchy neighborhood. And I walked into uh, to buy a vehicle from someone who I thought was a woman. I walked into an apartment. And there were like six guys who most of them weren't speaking English, and they were all <laughs> in this scary room. And I'm like in a mini skirt with like a purse, and you know. And um, I looked at the title, and I could tell from the title that from the VIN number that it was a salvaged vehicle. And so they had lied to me. And I said, "No, I'm not interested. Thanks." You know. I, but I was my heart racing. I'm like, yes. I'm going to die. This is how I die. Yeah. And they were all yelling in their language and, and you know, telling me, no, 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 you're buying this car. And I, like, how I got out of there alive, I don't know. But at that moment, I realized this is dangerous. Okay. This is time consuming. There must be a better way. So I started calling other people in the newspaper who were selling their vehicles private owner. And I organized them to all come to one location on a Saturday, and I said, I'll handle the advertising and I'll get, I will get every person who's in the market to buy a vehicle from a private owner, which people do in Michigan, they don't in California, um, but I'll get them all <laughs> on one location. And that was the inspo for my first business, which was called the All Michigan Auto Swap Meet. This is, this is giving me life. <laughs> I am like, I am filled with life. How many cars go to your first inaugural Huge. event? Because, listen, I understood this is newsworthy. This is, mm -hmm. I'm a like this blonde little girl, you know, who's at Michigan State, who's dating a football player. I'm having the, the players work the lot for me. And I come <laughs> up with this, like, brilliant idea. So I sent letters to the newspaper, to the, I sent letters to the um, news okay, station. Okay, I need, okay, detail. Where does this come from? Yeah, where's like, this is it line? like it, this is just like you're hardwired for it. Do you see a pattern in other people? Do you see other people doing it and you apply it to this industry? Is this just like I'm struck by lightning and I get it? I'm a savant. I no, I think it's just you you see problems, you know, and that was the thing that I learned from my dad is like see problems, see mm -hmm. patterns. So my dad is extreme ADHD. He was diagnosed at age 70. Okay. And um and so I grew up with someone who had ADHD, super creative, saw patterns and problems and would say like, "Oh, well you we could do this." So I was always seeing those things. Okay. And so I was just like, this is such a struggle to sell a vehicle as a private owner. There's got to be another solution. I always say I, I was CarMax before CarMax. <laughs> okay. You also have the Guinness World Record for most fitness classes yeah. taught yeah. too. Okay. Wow. So basically you're just out here being like. Strange all over. It's not the car. Strange. It's not the car facts. It's, it's yeah. you know, it's Jalene. Okay. So question. Mm -hmm. What was the business structure of it? So they bring the car there. Were you taking a commission mm -hmm. off the sale? Like mm -hmm. I'm out, like I'm here in the weeds. I know, but I'm like fascinated. Right. No. Uh, so uh, my first time I just charged them an admission to come in. Nice. And yes. I was, it was like, you know, 20 bucks. So seller is admission. Yeah. J just come mm -hmm. to come okay. in. The sellers had to pay me. Got it. Uh, the buyers did not. Got it. And, and then after that I had a percentage and it was a business that worked on the weekends, but in Michigan, Oh. Every other weekend it rains. <laughs> so yep. it was it was challenging, you know, but it was it gave me the, enough confidence and enough money to get through college and be able to start my first business. But I was always doing a lot of other things. So I was teaching fitness classes because I enjoyed it while I was at Michigan State and I was doing this and I was working as a paralegal. You were going to go to law school, right? I went to law school. I dropped oh. out. 
Yeah. So many of us. I know. I know. The smart ones, we escaped. (laughs) So I I was working as a paralegal and and also I was a student and uh, I was also doing a a little bit of network. I think it was network marketing. I didn't know it was network marketing at the time. I was selling knives door to door. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, What were they called? Um, was that from your bad experience? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cut go. If I'm going to go door to door, it's going to be knives and knives from now on. Not cash. <laughs> yeah. So I was doing all those things. And then once I graduated from Michigan State, I uh, I married the quarterback and we moved to California. Why? And, uh, why what? Why California? Why Michigan? Okay. Well, I mean, well, you're born there. Like, like genetic predisposition. Hello, but like you're, you you just say like California. Yeah. Uh, Yes. yes hello. Like, you, I'm born and raised in California. I don't yeah, get you it. Don't get I don't get it. it. Yeah. I don't get just it. watch it on TV and be like, what? Everyone's what? famous and beautiful. Or I would watch Baywatch and be like, oh, what are these people? Just everything. Everything, everything, everything. So what part of California do is? We landed in um, Orange County. Okay. Yeah, that's where he grew oh. up. Yeah. And that's I continued fun. doing all the things. So I started going to, uh, I started taking the LSAT over and over and over again because my score was so low. I kept hoping it was going to get better. It kept going down. <laughs> I'm like, maybe I shouldn't do this. And I was still working as a paralegal and I was doing all my different businesses. So I'm flipping cars, working as a paralegal. Still in California. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. But not with a lot. Okay. At that point, I'm just like buying and selling. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, So I'm uh, working as a paralegal, flipping cars. I am uh, working as a personal trainer and I'm also teaching fitness classes. Okay. And I'm coming up with other ways to make money, like anything I can do to make money. I started putting together flyers to teach other women how to start, come up with a creative idea and start a business. And I was selling, trying to sell seminar attendance, but like six people would show up. Okay. And uh, so I'm doing like 19 different things. I'm newly okay. married. Uh, I now have a baby. And a mentor basically just said to me, you're just working mm-hmm. and working and nothing's working. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to work until you pick one thing. You need to pick one thing. Huh. I was like, oh, that's scary. Yeah. And so? So um, the thing that, and the additional advice I received was to pick the thing where there's the right opportunity. Like pick the one you're, it doesn't have to be the thing that you are like, oh, I was born to do this. But pick the one where you see there's a really, a good opportunity, the mm-hmm. same way I did with the cars. And in that moment, I'm like, it's fitness for me. For me, it's okay. fitness because everyone was coming to me. So many people were saying to me like, this workout that you're doing and the, the way you're mixing the music, like, can I buy that from you? It takes me so long to create these classes. And I thought about... Wait, hold okay. on, hold on. You're mixing your own music. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, I'm mixing my music. Okay. I'm creating the workouts to match the music. Okay. And... What year I, is this? The, uh, 1995, 6, 7, okay. You know, so I'm okay. all these years, right? Okay. But it's like around 90, probably 7, 98 that I get that advice to just focus on one thing. So I decide to focus just on fitness based on seeing my mother teach jazzercise, mm, okay. which for those people who aren't familiar was this workout in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Her name was, I think, Judy Shepard Missit or something like that. And she, my mom would get 45 records and then she would watch a VHS tape of the routine that went to that music. And mm-hmm. so I'm like, that's what I'm doing. This is a business. I'm going to f- basically franchise this. I'm going to get other instructors and I'm going to get them hooked on. I'm going to create the music and the choreography so you can just plug in your personality. Your okay. students will fall in love with you. They never need to know who I am. Let's just let this will let you shine. 
And so I created this, that, that format kind of based on the jazzercise model. How did you understand like that hero's journey? Like the, yes. make them the hero. Yes. I didn't. You, I just, yeah. it, it, you just didn't. thought it was a great idea. You were like, yeah. this would be a great business. That's the problem I wish I had this, any, that's the through line of everything yeah. that I've done is like, I wish there was a, yeah. I wish there was someone who, and then I just go, oh, if I wish, then I should probably try to figure out how to be that. Yeah. From the beginning, though, you didn't necessarily want the credit for that. You were like, no, you're going to be the star. Absolutely. And that had a lot to do with my imposter syndrome when it came to fitness, because yeah. I was always like, I'm here by accident. Yeah. My degree is justice, morality, and constitutional democracy. Don't ask me about the the insertion location of a hamstring, you know, like, <laughs> I'm just exactly. I hear a lot of people have fun. And I know music, like I really, really knew music. I, you know, DJ CJ. <laughs> But, uh, her stuff. Yeah. And, you know, music is everything, right? Mm -hmm. So for me, it was I didn't care so much about the biomechanics. I was just like, I know how to make people have a freaking experience with music. As you know, because you used to take those classes. I did. Mm -hmm. I yeah. did. 24-Hour Fitness, baby. TKV. It was all about the music. Yep. And then the ringing of the bell. The sound effects. Ding, ding, ding. The sound effects. Yeah. I mean, yeah, was, you know where I got the, the idea for the sound effects is I used to watch ESPN cheer competition. Let me just tell you, oh, yeah. it spoke. It just spoke yes. to my. It spoke when you do an air jack. Oh, you hear yeah. Sound effect. Yes. Oh, there we go. Yes. Every time you punch. Yes. I mean, Great. the sound effect made it stronger. Every time you hit, you're like, oh, my try it. There it is. Yep. My try is coming. Yep. Okay. So, I'm picturing this as a movie, and so we start off, um, 2004, five, and then so we flash back. Yes. Oh, sorry. We, go ahead. Remember, we're starting. We're starting in the middle. We're starting in the middle. Like we're looking at right. the end. I love it. Go to the middle. Then we go to the inception point. Sixteen yeah. years old. Eighteen years old. You yeah. figure out you're an entrepreneur. Then you come out to California, 1995, 96, 97. These are all the rolling credits of the years that are happening. Okay. And then you realize that you have a business by empowering others to be the heroes of their own journey. And you're monetizing on the front end. But let's go back to actually, they're buying um, a CD from you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so what is the business there? Where do you start? I mean, how does one just mm -hmm. make, yeah. hey, you 15 people buy this CD and then yeah. the pricing of it. Like, I want somebody who's listening to this to say, I see a problem. There's Shaleen burning CDs, right? Yes. Well, what, what is that? Yeah. Uh, so what that looked like is me mixing the music, making something really unique that no one else could have. Like you, it would cost you so much money to have a DJ mix the way that I would mix and Wait, add in the sound effects. You were mixing? Yes. I learned how to do that all on computer, you know? Okay. So I learned, I learned Pro Tools. I don't even know what it is today, but I learned how to do all of that and I, I could... My musicality yes. helps me to figure yes. out, like, take that part out. That's yes. a low. Here's the energy. We're, and I can picture what the music will tell people what to do. It's mm -hmm. like paint by numbers. And so I, I mixed all the music. But then when they purchased from me, they needed the music and they needed the choreography. And I really didn't come up with this myself. It was really looking at the Jazzercise model. Okay. And making it my own. Like, using her. But you're doing this on your own. You're in yeah. Pro Tools. Yes. You're mixing the music. Yes. And then, and then I bought a giant, and this is my husband and I, we've got, you know, a little baby and we would take terms back that this cassettes. Okay. It's okay. not even CDs. Okay. <laughs> so we, we bought uh, this giant machine. We, you know, took all the money that we had invested in this giant machine where you would actually put the cassette tapes and okay. record one from the other. Okay. And in the middle of the night, we would set the alarm so that every 60 minutes, <laughs> I would wake up every 60 minutes and go in that bedroom and okay. flip all the cassettes over and make hundreds of, wow. of cassettes. And then yeah. the, for the VHSs, we found a company that would just duplicate the VHSs for us. We'd pack up the boxes ourselves in that So you're going bedroom. to a studio and you're recording the VHS choreography. 
Uh, I would do it at uh, local gyms, and I would just ask if I could use their gym in the off hours to work on choreography. Most of them didn't even know I was recording videos. Okay. I never I never paid. How were you recording the videos? Uh, I hired someone's husband who owned a camera. <laughs> okay. Like, like, did it sit on the, the shoulder or a stand? It was on a stand at first. <laughs> There's And, and I have, a, the, like, the original footage. Oh, my God, that's so embarrassing. <laughs> I'm a meme. I'm, like, literally a meme. <laughs> Blackmail me every... It's all horrible. <laughs> Everything. So your friend's husband is uh-huh. with his VHS yeah. on yeah. a tripod, yeah. and you're in a, a gym. gym. You're a in gym. a gym. They yep. don't really know what you're doing, but they're like, sure. Sure. And so you are burning your, not even burning, you're duplicating your cassettes. Dubbing. Was dubbing. Dub- dubbing. Yeah, dubbing. Yeah, dubbing. Okay. Cassette. Yeah, dubbing the cassettes. We're having the VHSs replicated. Okay. Where is your market? How is this starting? People are like, I wish I had that. So there's a, there isn't even social media at this right, point. Right. That's it's what I'm all, saying. It's word of mouth. So I'm an instructor and I'm like, got this hot CD. Oh, it's email. Cassette. Okay. There was emails. There was emails. Uh, emails. emails. Okay. Tell me back to me now. Okay. Yeah. So there were emails <laughs> and I would get on these message boards of fitness instructors and people would, you know, talk about this workout that they did. Also, timing wise, it was right on the uh, cusp of Taibo. Oh. So what worked beautifully is everyone wanted to teach kickboxing and there was no way to teach it or learn it the proper way. So everyone was looking for that. So it was so easy. It was like shooting fish in a barrel. I mean, we, our, my certifications without doing any social media marketing, which sounds so crazy to me now, just word of mouth, I would have like 300 people who were instructors. And they're so emailing you and they're saying, hey, I heard you have this thing yes. with music. Yes. And then when do you come up with your offer? Like, are you, how do you price it? Are you, are you pretty quickly? I, because I, I was a certified fitness instructor. So I knew, okay, I can tell people you can't buy this unless you're certified with me. Ah. So they would have to go through the certification process, which oh, was like $300. So and then you good. got on the continuity program. So there was, you know, you, you had to get a new round every, I think, we did every other month. What was your retention? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm asking really, I'm asking these crazy, I'm fascinated. I had no idea this is the backstory. Girl, you're going to um, ask me what my retention was. The woman <laughs> who doesn't know she's a half a million dollars in wealth, you think I care about numbers? She's just like, let me do it. Let me, <laughs> let, let me just make it. That's why I, okay. that's like one thing I love about you though, yeah. because I struggle with some things like oh, that. Oh God, yes. Like, no, no, she's done it. Yes. You can do this. Okay, 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 okay. So, we're on this. It was very high certification. Yeah, we're on a continuity program. Yes. We're guessing retention is pretty high because if Huge. people's classes are filling, then yes. it makes them the Huge. hero of their own journey. The gym and, and the the uh, health clubs freaking loved me because m- new members were coming in saying, "Do you have this thing I'm watching on You're TV called Taibo specific?" Okay, and so then I could call the gyms and say, "Like, hey, I'm going to come and do a training at your gym. You get all the instructors there in the area, all of them. I'm going to do this for for you for free." And at the time, Body Pump was licensing their programs. And I would say, I'm not going to charge you, the gym, anything. I'm going to charge the instructors. Mm. So I would charge the instructors. The gyms loved me. They're like, can, can, you right. come back? can you come back? And so it was... Wait a minute. So when I was doing TKB, it wasn't licensed to 24 hour. It was... Correct. Really? That's right. Yeah. And did you also incorporate Pio? Were, were yes. you? And Hip Hop Hustle. And, hip- and, yeah. and, and that was all instructor based? Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. All instructor based. Now, in hindsight, would you have done it different? I don't know. I probably not. I mean, you know, I I'm all about like what is the least, what is the easiest way, the least resistance, the least amount of headache. Okay. So okay. I don't I don't know if I would have done it differently. You know, I, I look at other companies who did and how they struggled and how they had I also don't like to play games. Like if this doesn't work for you, then walk. You know, and I, I just 
I feel that way about almost all things. So it's like, I don't need to sign a contract in most instances. If this works for you, great. If it doesn't, then we should both go our separate ways. And that's how it was with the gyms. And, and even for the instructors, they, they were paying for the continuity. I didn't have to worry about pleasing the gyms. The proof was in the pudding. If people were showing up. That's so good. And that's what they wanted. That's so swag. Yeah. That's so swag. Okay, so then what year is this? When you were doing the certifications, I'm going to gyms. I, we're, we're, we're um, uh, we're, we're, this is like 1997, 98, 99, okay. um, around. And then I created a fitness apparel line so that there was a look when you... you, you oh, there was, a no, yeah. there was what a look. No, there was a look. look? No, this look predates... You know, I don't even know if you guys remember, <laughs> like the Coming Zumba back. had a look, oh, yeah. but this predates so, it. Oh, I could tell yeah. you this is, the I Zumba mean, stories. Okay. Yeah, we but, met with them and helped them like come up with... We we were first at creating that culture where you yes. wanted to belong. Yes. You wanted the outfit. If you were going to start trucker taking hat. classes, the trucker hats... I mean, like, signature. It was so... Uh, oh my God, like Paris Hilton. But we, <laughs> there were belts, so... You would wear belts okay. and these Nine. cargo pants. What yes. kind of belts to work out? Sh- we, oh, okay. Oh, you because it was so swag. It was, it was I mean, this it was is, you went in, look. like you walked in and you're like, hey, you hey wore, guys, bench pressing. Yes. Look at it. Tube socks. I'm about to work tube out. Tube socks? And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Like the little skirts that now Lululemon okay. is like, you know, 20 years yes. behind. Um, so <laughs> I'll give you some B-roll because it's some pretty funny stuff. Like I'm like, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. Like, it was, it was love like, to but it was like me. a self-identification. If you go Absolutely. back to like very basic yeah. marketing principles, it was self-identification of a tribe. You I am belonging. Belong. Yeah. And what happens specifically for women when you go into like a gym, you're kind of like, where do I fit in? And all of a sudden you look at something and you say, I could belong to that. That's I right. could buy yeah. that and I could belong yes. to that. Yes, and it was right. just, it just, it just fed into it. It was, it worked well, really yeah. well into each other. So yeah. all of this is happening during this time. Yeah. And then you sign a contract. We're at 99. You signed the contract in 2004. Correct. What is happening in that five-year period? Um, the business is blowing up. You know, we're, we, we're, we've got like 60 people around the country. It's almost like their own little franchise. Like they're selling, they're doing their certifications in their state. So we call them area promotion directors. Mm, got it. And so in each state, we had one or two um, pro- fitness professionals who would host certifications so I didn't have to fly anywhere. I'd stop oh, doing the certification. So we had a team of people who did the certifications mm-hmm. and, you know, they were sold. They, they sold the merchandise. They sold the continuity program. They sold the clothing. They sold the idea. They sold the, they sold the community, you know? And so every, everyone, you wanted to belong to this community. And uh, that just exploded. Then we, you know, went international then we started getting phone calls from all the infomercial companies because fitness infomercials were yes. really popular. Yeah. Then, you know, mm-hmm. so I got an agent and he basically took me to all those meetings and let me, I got to pick, you know, like who, who we wanted to go with based mm-hmm. on the offer. And all the offers were different and the feel was different. And we decided to go with Beachbody for a commercial. So what, what oh. I did is I sold directly to fitness instructors. And this was to take my workouts and make them a consumer workout with me in the videos. Got it. So until this point, no one really knows me. You know your Turbo Kick instructor, but you don't know me. Right. Although I kind of knew you because she was like big time fan. Got it. Big time fan. Aww. So I knew your name. Probably because we're local. Like Maybe. But maybe, like in maybe. other parts of the country, other parts of the world, people don't yes. know who I yes. am. You know? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Um, like Zumba. Most people don't know who created Zumba. True. And so now they want me to be the face of it and they want to make consumer videos. But we negotiated where we could continue to own our own business and continue to market to instructors. Really cool. So we ran these two parallel businesses and I negotiated even the names to be similar so that the names would never change. So my 
the business I owned was called Turbo Kick. And the consumer workout was called Turbo Jam and Turbo Fire. Yeah. Oh, were you, did you have any mentors at this time? Did you ever get nervous when you were negotiating or is that like a, yeah, tell me. About that. Yeah. Um, one piece of advice I give everyone is um, pay for the most badass attorney you can afford. The one that you're like, this is not even fair. Yeah. We have to pay them. Don't call them. Yeah. It'd be 15 minutes early. You know? <laughs> like, and, and that's what we did. We just hired like the best agent and the best attorney that we could find and carved out an incredible deal that later came back to haunt me because my deal was the highest they'd ever created. And then eventually they start realizing everybody wants to be a famous fitness instructor. And they, what they negotiated with me was because I brought them the programs. Right. But eventually fitness companies, not just Beachbody, realized we can create workouts. Right. We can have somebody create the workout and then we can hire someone who's good on camera and fit. Right. And everybody and their brother will do that for like peanuts. Penny. Exactly. Yeah. And Some so, free. right. Yeah. And so then it, it just, uh, it, it was more difficult to get partnerships and, and to get my programs on TV. So at that point, we were, they were just an infomercial company. There was no network marketing. Uh, yeah. So then what year is this happening? When you feel like, okay, maybe. 2005, it was the number one fitness infomercial. I remember going to the mailbox and getting my, my first commission check and I opened it. And my husband was so ecstatic, and I felt like I was going to vomit, and I felt sick. Because it was so much? Because it was so much. Or, and because of the, in my mind, this is already the addiction, all I can do from here is be exactly. less valuable. There's no way I'll ever make more money than this. Wow. So this is, this is the height, and now I'm going down. Or I'm going to have to kill myself right. to do this again. You're already exhausted. Were you I'm exhausted? already exhausted because I'm running a full-time business. Yep. And now I'm the face of this infomercial company that had been failing. And I'm now I'm also have all these, these consumer demands and I have to make consumer workouts and I'm still doing the mixing the music and making the workouts for our own company and designing the clothes and overseeing, you know, 70 plus staff members. So what's happening? Is this where the value thing starts coming in? And you're like, I'm not. What was the story you were telling yourself at that point? Oh, all, all those things like I yeah. don't stop, can't breathe, don't don't watch a movie. Like if you sit down and rest for a second, you are worthless. Like this is all going away. And, you know, it was challenging those first couple of years because even though I'd done the therapy, it's still there. Right. And I was already in this place where we've I say I built this golden prison. And my husband and I, because we'd done so much therapy and we're really communicating well with each other, we just made a decision that this has to go. Like we have to sell. We have to sell our company. And that took five years to do. We, we decided. From that moment. Yeah. What year, what year do you make the decision? This is in our best interest to sell. I want to say 2005 or six. I'm not okay. sure. Okay. And, but we knew. And it was very difficult to undo what I had done. I didn't build the business to sell it. Mm -hmm. Today, I build a business very differently so that if I ever want to exit, I can exit, mm -hmm. you know? And, and then I was, I was all of the most important pieces. Right. I was the designer. Right. I was, so what we had to do is I had to replace myself in each one of those, including on video, mm -hmm. because the instructors came to trust me and know me and like me, even though their students might not know me. Right. Um, the, every, I had, I had to, trust that there were other people who could do all the things that I thought only I could do. 
And so we had to build that and then we had to build up our revenue and position ourselves in such a way that we could sell and sell our, in, um, you know, our, our IP, my ideas mm. and step out of that role and stay in uh, fitness in the consumer role for a little while longer. So when you sell, mm-hmm. how much of your at this time like identity is is in that like when you ink that like what does that feel you know that question (laughs) how do you know to ask that question um i think one of the the things that draws me so much to you is the the worth the addiction Mm, yeah i I have to grind to get this Mm, again and so i hear it and i'm like i see that in myself i see this and so i ask it because i'm like well what can i what can i learn this is a horrible 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 analogy but it felt like giving a child away to someone else who because you know you can't give that child what it needs and so but but you've made this amazing thing and you know it's so valuable and so special and it's a part of you yeah but you know that it, you've taken as far as you can and so it was incredibly hard and so I went to therapy again and the therapist said what you're experiencing is grief and you you really need to grieve this you need to bury it you need to let go of it and you need to just the same way you would anything and so I did I grieved it and it was that's why for many years it was really weird and kind of uncomfortable when people would still love this workout that I created and they and I was like and and they're still doing this thing that in my mind I had to bury yeah you were almost like beyond it past it yeah it's like reviving something that you've already yeah oh it's so interesting were you ever worried about like that that was the peak or that you wouldn't get another idea? No. <laughs> I love her brain. She's like, absolutely not. And that's the opposite problem. Like, stop. Yeah, there's too many. Stop. Okay, too many. so then um, you, you, you're you grieving. And I think that grief takes phases and it, yeah. it, it takes as long as it takes. But you're having ideas. And then at what point do you realize, I think of all the ideas, this is the one that I want to pursue. Right away. So uh, as I'm, um, so now I'm doing, now I'm just doing consumer fitness, but that's not really full time. And I know that I want to get into the online space because I'm already learning. Like there's so many things I can teach people and, and I want to be more present with my family. I want to, I don't want to feel this way. I I need more passive income. Okay. So again, I looked to a model to copy and I had the, I think it was, I forget what it's called, the Tony Robbins 12, I think it's like something power. And I, I had bought those in cassettes and I'm like, I know how to duplicate cassettes. Uh, I know how to record. Uh, and I've got lots of things I can teach people. Mm. So I'm going to make a, just something just like this. I called it Car Smart. Mm. And it was a series of 12 CDs. And there were things like confidence, belief, money mindset. And there were like, there were like 12 core beliefs that I had lived by. And it was like my advice. And it was it was just a copy of what Tony Robbins, his model, but my information. Yeah. And so that was my first online product. And I started selling it online and realizing like, oh, there's so much to learn about like online marketing. And so and then social media starts like becoming a thing. And I'm like, I'm going to learn all of this. I, I'm going to learn this. And I'm obsessed with it. And I loved it. And what year is this? About? Pro- uh, 2009. Wow. So I start building that before we exit. Okay. Powder Glove. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Which I encourage people to do. So here you are. Now you're fully free from the golden prison. Not fully free. At the time in which you were fully free. Now, yeah. when you sold, 
Um, did you have like a contingency and when you had to yeah. like vest? Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Good for you. Yeah. Okay. How many years? I don't remember. Those, okay. those are numbers again. I know. <laughs> Do you see where my mind goes? I'm like, data analytics. But I remember uh, going off to the, the meetings that we had to go to, you know, at corporate. And, and oh, man, what a bitch I probably was. Because I was like, <laughs> they don't know you guys. It would be like 12, you know, uh, masters, uh, you know, PhDs around the table. And I'm like pounding the table like, that's not how we do it. The sound effect goes here. And, you know, <laughs> the hat goes this way. You know, like all these like dumb little things that like... <laughs> It mattered. Yeah. And they're probably like, she's insane. And then eventually I remember the vice president calling me. I was just like, you know, like, you don't need to come to the meetings anymore. <laughs> it was like. And then I had another mentor who had also sold businesses. And he said, when they buy a business for you to kind of go away. Right. And I'm like, oh, all right. All right. Well, now I've got some more free time. So, but I was still working with them in, so obviously getting my residuals. Right. And still working with them, completely separate contract as talent. Oh, so I'm still doing consumer workouts with them. Got it. Did you like that or uh, eventually I didn't. Yeah, you know, because again, I always struggled with what am I doing in fit fitness? Like, Got it. I don't Got belong it. here, mm -hmm. and it took a real toll on my health. Being in the in the health industry, yeah, it's very unhealthy. <laughs> yeah. for me, being super healthy all the time is really yeah. unhealthy. <laughs> yeah, so I developed orthorexia. I never had any confidence or body issues until you are asked to come out on a set wearing you know micro shorts and a bra top and you have five people kind of going they're trying they're just trying to figure out if this is what you should wear right but if you have five people just like totally i think she's got a little yeah for you in a different top yes and um, there i understand and you're like that. <sighs> yeah they're like that's making her armpit roll right here i'm like yeah. To this day, I'm still it's like, do I have an armpit roll? Yeah, it's something <laughs> with the skin. You're like, yeah, it's called skin. Yeah, it's skin. It's um, it's got freckles. And it, it just, it took a huge yeah. toll on me. My husband, on one occasion, got a call from uh, someone at corporate who said, you know, we don't want to have this conversation directly with Shaleen, but, you know, her next show will do much better if she can be smaller. She needs to lose weight and get leaner. And my husband... Tried not to tell me that, but he wears his emotions on his sleeves. Eventually, he was angry and yeah. kind of re retelling the story. And that was that was kind of like, I mean, it just did a horrible thing to me. Mm -hmm. So then I dieted down. I like basically was not eating and exercising four hours a day for that next series because mm -hmm. I wanted to prove to them I could do that. And I was on camera, speaking to the camera, and s I haven't eaten in days. I've exercised for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. And I'm looking into the camera and I'm saying, and you can get results like this too in just 30 minutes a day eating delicious food. <laughs> and I thought, I'm, now I'm lying. Yeah. And that's one thing I, I will never be inauthentic. I didn't say it out loud, but I made a decision that yeah. day. And I cried all the way home from, you know, shooting in Glendale, driving back to Orange County, like a two-hour drive. I cried the whole time because I knew I was done, but I couldn't tell anyone because I was still under contract. Yep. But I was done. How long? What was the duration? The remaining duration of the contract? A couple years. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, but wow. but it was different because now I'm like, now it's on my terms. And so Good. the next programs Good. that I filmed were so fun because I I knew what I needed. Like I filmed one where I said, 
I don't want you to hire any more fitness people. The people in my class are real people mm -hmm. and they make me happy and it's fun and it's real. And I don't want to pretend that I'm excited looking into a black lens. I want to look out into a, a room full of people, the people that I teach to. And so if I'm going to do this, that's what I want. <laughs> <laughs> and they did that. Fun? Yeah. And then, uh, so that was like my, uh, some of the turbo fire workouts. And then uh, for Pio, I just said, I want to pick everybody who's in the cast. They're really going to be my friends and family. And I'm going to love this process. And I did. Ugh. So my exit was really nice. And they accommodated me in every way. And I don't blame the companies at all because that's just the industry. Right. right. You know, right. And we did that. With, right. Even when we were filming videos with Powder Blue, I would, you know, look at what people were wearing. And we'd say, like, well, she's in blue. What's right. her in green? It's just what you do. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. So... If we go back and there's like an intersection again of the exit and an entry into something else and you have your 12 disc yeah. series and then you then you say to yourself 2009. So we're going back to like early Twitter and Facebook. Instagram's uh -huh. yes. not even on the scene yet. Yes. A little, little bit of YouTube. Oh, oh, wow. Oh, that's good. Mm -hmm. uh, then you say, I'm going to figure this out. Yeah. Then what do you start selling? After the 12 discs, then, mm -hmm. what do you start selling? Then I uh, uh, sold a program called Smart Success. And it was a $1,000 online program that taught you how to organize your life according to, and make all decisions based on a priority clarity statement. Wow. So it was goal setting and it was looking at the, you know, 10 to 12 most key areas of your life and figuring out like what are the boundaries, parameters, and like priority statements you need in writing so that you know you're not missing your mark. Mm. And um, basically just taught people how to live your life according to your written priorities, not like what you say, not what you feel, but like what you, you like give yourself the space to figure out what that should look like and then to create a plan to reverse engineer it and execute. Okay, so my first question, I'm sorry, Lori, I'm steamrolling. Last question. I'm steam, I just like, I'm like, I need to close this loop. Okay, so I'm probably gonna ask a question that you're like, Jasmine, why are you asking me this question? Numbers. How much of your audience do you think is like um, residuals from the stuff that you did in the fitness space? Oh, like, are you carrying your audience absolutely. over at this time? Okay, yes, so absolutely. it's not like cold traffic. You're not like, hever like heavily so, leveraging? Not much. Oh. Um, so Facebook, huge. Okay. Uh, the first thing I did was a challenge on Facebook called the 30-Day Push Challenge, I think it was called. And I just said, give me your email address. This is, again, like 2009. Give me your email address. And every day, I will send you one video a day for 30 days that will help you create, accomplish your goals. So this is, this is your opt-in? Yes. Oh, and this is 2009. In one month's uh, time, I had 100,000 people on my email list. And people are opening their emails at this time. Yes. And they want to give you their email because yes. it's like so yes. special. She's going to email me. <laughs> what I didn't realize would happen then is a couple of things. So first of all, when people spend time with you on video, yeah. hours yes. and hours and hours, yes. doing something they love that gives them endorphins, like fitness, they become emotionally bonded and yes. loyal to you. Yes. They know you. You were with them as they were recovering from cancer. You got them through that breakup. Like fitness is, for a lot of people, it's their drug. It saves mm -hmm. them. Yes. And so I had all of these fitness instructors who, you know, they just felt like I, I blew up their classes. I gave them and, and they felt very loyal to me. And they also were about the same age as me. So they were growing up with me. And I was trying to help them to understand like there's you're not going to ever pay the mortgage teaching fitness classes. We need to do something more. Ooh. We need to do something more. And fitness, Sign me up. Right? Sign me, give me this course. This is the course I need. 
<laughs> You're kidding. And fitness is the gateway drug. Yeah. Fitness is, yes. it, once you realize with fitness, I can change my body. And I listened to someone else as they're, as, and they told me what to do. And I changed my body. If I listened to this person, yes. I could change my life. Right. And then once you figure out how to change your life, you're like, and I could probably start a business. So it's just this evolutionary um, process. But that 100,000 emails was Get everything. over. And then every single day, people opening up an email and spending 30 days with me on video back then. You know, now people right. don't watch. You know, every, everything's right. on video. But then it was so remarkable to get a video mm-hmm. emailed to you. Oh, so good. Okay, Lori, go. <laughs> well, now it's a different question. Okay. But were you falling in love with the process of business? Like, what were you seeing happening? Good question. Because it was mostly women that you were working with, yeah. right? Yeah. So what were you seeing happening when women would join your courses? And then tell me that progression of, like, what was next for them. The same thing that I saw with fitness, where people start to believe in themselves and go like, I didn't know this was possible. I loved that the people who were learning these things were as shocked as I was to learn them. So Mm. growing up in a home with ADHD and not, I didn't know how to finish anything. I didn't know how to to (laughs) prioritize things. I didn't know how to organize. I didn't know how to focus. So I had to learn that after the fact, like after college even. And so once I started studying goal setting and it just didn't work for my brain, I'm like, I'm going to kind of put a tweak on this, not that's original, but I'm going to tweak this and I'm, I'm going to teach this to other people so they understand like how to do this in such a way that when you reach your goal, you're actually happy. Because all the goal setting I learned was like vision boards and, you know, and, and how to set goals, but they never looked at like, what is it you want to feel? So at that point, were you being really, because, you know, in the beginning, like even in the fitness world, in the business world, like people were not being super authentic, Were you, meaning they weren't sharing like, I'm actually scared when I do this. I have anxiety when this yeah. comes up. Were you weaving some of that always. at that point? Always, 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 always. I don't know how to do anything else. Yeah. You know? Just don't, like just you get so, what you get and don't throw a fit. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now we, now I have like a very clear picture of like the pivots, the iterations, the evolutions of yeah. who Shalene Johnson is today. I want to look you have a very unique thing that I think you inherited from your dad, which is the pattern spotting. Yeah. And so when you're like, now everything's, what you said was now everything's on video, but back yeah. then it was really unique yeah. and like interesting. Yeah. What do you see today? Mm. What's the next interesting thing? Long form, first of all. I think that we are seeing a backlash against quick, 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 15 seconds, two seconds, seven seconds, swipe, swipe, swipe. It's why reels are down so dramatically yeah. on Instagram, right? Right. Um, beca- and I think carousels are, I think Reels, a new study by Metricool, Metricool um, found that Reels are down 76% over last year. Mm. And carousels have replaced that. Why? Because I want to control the clicker. It's like when you sit down on, and somebody in the room is like changing the channel so fast, you're like, stop. I, I didn't even get to see what that was. What was that? Mm. Interesting. And I think our brains want to slow down and connect. And so I think there's going to be a real resurgence of long form. I think conversations like people want to slow down, think about it, process it, read it, be able to swipe and then swipe back. They, we just want control over our attention. We want to consume less instead of quantity. We really want quality and we want to think about it. So I think that's a big shift. I think there's a lot of interesting changes in what's going to happen in the creator economy, in the digital course economy. I think there's going to be a lot of changes. Oh, well, you She's can't like, just tell. say I yeah. think there's going to be a lot of changes. Do yeah. tell. Do tell. Well, you know, I, I recently did an informal survey of um, digital course creators and by age. Mm. 
oh. and success. Okay. And what oh, no, I hold discovered. on. How, okay. Understand the metric of age, quantifiable. Mm-hmm. Success. How is it defined? Uh, revenue? Okay. Yeah. So um, all, all seven figure and eight figure earners. Okay. And then, and then I looked at their ages. Okay. And what I looked at was their revenue, roughly, their age, and how much they invested in online courses, mentors, coaches, et cetera. And it's shocking how the younger the entrepreneur is, mm-hmm. the less they're spending on that. And the beliefs around they want to make digital courses, but they're not buying them. So that's going to create a, a recession, is my prediction, in the digital course economy. And with any recession, there are businesses that thrive. Right. So that means you ha- you're you going to have to be above and beyond. I think there's going to be a lot more demand for um, done for you. I think yes. people are overwhelmed with like, think about it. Like when I was, te- when I first started teaching digital marketing, if I was teaching Instagram, I was like, you post a square photo. Mm-hmm. Now Instagram is short form yeah. video, long form videos, carousels, lives, Instagram stories, DMs. It's a beast. Just Instagram, and then there's TikTok, and then there's YouTube, and then there's email funnels, and then there's SMS. Like, it's a lot for someone who wants to get, who wants to create a business, a digital business. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. And if you have that old school entrepreneurial mindset where you're like, I'll learn this all myself, you're going to burn the F out. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. So we're going to see a lot more done for you. And we're going to, the people who will succeed, the entrepreneurs who will succeed are the ones who know I need to invest in others. I need to invest in agencies. I need to invest in the teams so that I don't have to learn this stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be the face of, I'm going to be the idea. And so I, I think that's where we're headed. So when you look at your product suite, based on your prediction, mm-hmm. does anything change? Oh, oh yeah, we are changing a mm-hmm. lot of things. Wow, yeah, interesting. Things. And that's hard because, uh, you know, we have eight really different business centers, you know, some that aren't consumer-based or consumer-facing. But, you know, we're, I'm always assessing, like, where do I spend my time? And what's my return on the investment? And it's hard sometimes to go, like, so I have to let go of that? I really like that. And it sometimes yeah. still feels like a failure. You know, it's like, I, I, don't want, I don't want to let that sunset. I don't want to sell that company, you know? But it doesn't make sense to keep it. And, and you just have to be nimble. Hmm. So... When you look into the future and yeah. you've seen the pivots that have happened, is there like a common thread? Like if you can go back um, to Shalene at 16, 26, 36, which is basically last year, <laughs> what would you say? To, what would you say yeah. to her? Is there a common thread? Yeah, um, there are two. One is um, I'm going to solve a problem. And the number two is I am really at heart a teacher. I love to take really complicated things and go, I can make this easier for people and I can explain it to you. So that you can explain it to someone else. Because if you can explain to someone else what I've helped you to understand, now it's it's like guerrilla marketing. Like mm-hmm. I've done my job. Like that's how basic it needs to be. And with all of our businesses, if someone else can't explain how it's helped them right. and what it does, then we've missed the mark. And we've done that many times, you know. So it's always, there's lots of failures, right? And there's lots of restarts and reiterations and it's hard because sometimes you want to hold so tightly to the, like, this wasn't my original plan for this, but it, boy, it looks different now. And if you're not willing to let it evolve and you let your ego get in the way, it's just deadly. Mm-hmm. 
and there's going to be consequences. It's going to be expensive. A lot of fallout. <laughs> so every 10 years, you remind yourself that you are solving a problem and that at the heart of it, you're a teacher who knows how to explain things in a really helpful yeah. way. Yeah. Now, there's somebody who's listening and um, they have been hitting their head against the wall for like many things. And so if you would go back and say one thing to that person, looking back at your career, what would you tell that person who's listening? The first thing is don't try to do it yourself. Like, and, and you know, that's what I'm seeing today. And, and it's the biggest mistakes I made early in my career that impacted my, um, at times my marriage, at times my health, was thinking I was saving money or time by figuring it out myself. Also thinking not just the time and money, but I wanted the credit. I mixed that music. I did not want to let go. I did not want to let somebody else mix that music because I wanted people to have your reaction, Jasmine. Mm -hmm. People going, ah, you mix the music. I wanted that. <laughs> and it, I had to like let go of my ego and say like, I don't need credit. I need us to be at a certain place. And if I stop caring about who gets the credit, we're going to go a lot further. So I think it's, um, and I think, you know, this younger generation of entrepreneurs, they really need to embrace that you save yourself so many headaches so much uh, trial and tribulation by investing in that person who's done it. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's invaluable. Mm -hmm. Okay, so clearly there's a bunch of people right now who are smitten, newly, and or um, buttressed by it. How do people go deeper with all the things that you do? Where do they get to know you as the entrepreneur, the person, the mother, the wife, like social? Where do people find you? <laughs> Those are different, all different places. So <laughs> all different departments. So our business podcast is called Build Your Tribe. I co-host that with my son, Brock. And um, the personal fun, you know, health, healthy stuff is all on The Shaleen Show. I think we have like a lot of downloads there. We've been doing it like for know, a million years, it feels like. And, um, and those are probably the best places to get like the personal and then the business if you really want, like, want to know, like, deep, deep, what's going on in my life, that's Patreon. But that's that's another story. <laughs> She's so we're gonna, slow, we're, gonna, we're slowly gonna yeah. build up to the Patreon uh, level. So there's two podcasts, but recently I saw that you really want to go deeper with your YouTube channel. So yeah. you got to give a shout out to your YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah. So I, what I'm doing now is the podcast on video. Uh, yeah. So bravo. it's the you. I just why am I recording this? Well, I know why. Cause yeah. It means hair and lashes <laughs> and, and an outfit change. I used to be able to like go sit in my room and like record a those podcast. Like the, those were the days, Shalene. I've made know. the commitment to do video on podcast and I yeah. love it. And I sometimes I'm like, why did I do, why did I do this? I just committed. I just, so just committed. now started yeah. my hair. Oh. But I'm like, oh, it's a thing. Yeah. Clothes are a thing. I know. And for guys, like my son, when we do a podcast together, he like showers and yeah. water hits his head. <laughs> and then he stands in front of a mic. I'm like, it's not a whole thing. I have to have like professionals yeah. come in. It's smoke and mirrors and tape and pulling. And <laughs> there's people literally holding. Literally, right? I'm like... <laughs> You also have to follow Shaleen on Instagram. Give your give a plug to your account. And uh, what can people expect? Uh -huh. I don't I want you to describe it. It's interesting. Um, don't do what I do. Do, do what I tell you to do. Uh, so it's at Shaleen Johnson, and you're you're just going to get a nice little taste of my life. I, I, I like to help people who are easily distracted get focused and understand that they can create a business of their own. Yes. And, and it can be really messy and really fun. Emphasis on fun. And just as a side note, seeing the way that you uh, build a business with your husband, uh, that the relationship you have with your children, how supportive yeah. you are, and like you're passing on the lessons that you learned from your uh, dad. It's so inspiring to me. And so I've already said, for those of you who don't know, 
Shalene and her daughter Sierra have a journal, a, a journaling company. How, how, how together? Yep. Yeah, Push Journal. Yeah. So I look at the Purse Journal, and she has uh, her own beauty. Yes, line. she has a beauty line. I mean, like her kids, it's like they all just have like this magical Michigan fairy dust on their heads, <laughs> and it's just like we're just gonna make money. And so I look yeah. at this, and I'm like, yeah. okay, Luna. We're going to do something. Yeah. You know, I'm just like calling it over her life. I'm like, if yes. I see it done, yeah. then I get to do it my own way. Very similar to what you do with Tony Robbins. I'm like, baby girl, we're going to come out with 12 discs. Yeah. But in the future, it's like <laughs> some like automatic downloads. Anyway. Right. Uh, automatic downloads. Yeah. Y'all. Okay. Shalene Johnson on Instagram. Listen to her podcast. Watch her YouTube. And I have to say, Lori, thank you for bringing this magical mythical creature into. Easy part. I mean, the easy part. I, I'm, and, and then co-hosting this show with Lori has been oh, an fun. honor and a blessing. So fun. Uh, when you guys are watching or listening to the Jasmine Star Show, can you please tag one or all three of us while you're at it? Let us know where you're watching and how you are doing it. Like always, it's honor and a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Jasmine Star Show.